Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor's going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Welcome, everyone, to Motherland, Fort Salem, AfterBuzz TV after show. I am your wonderful host, Kevin Allen, and I am joined by quite the pantheon of lovers in the room. Uh, I've got a lover of all things supernatural, Gunnar Texera. Everyone, I am so excited to discuss this week's episode, and it was just as magical as always. I have my lover of Freeforms TV, Bryant Santos. Hello, I'm obsessed with this show. I kind of gave it a bad rap in the first episodes, but I'm loving it now. Love the men. Let's get into it. Glad to hear it. Uh, my lover of alternate universes as a whole, Tori Weaver. Yes, and the only Abigail supporter in the room, I guess. <laughs> I'm with you now. That changed this week. That changed this week. Thank you. Thank you. I'm super excited right, to I'm, get into it. Great. The love is yes. spreading. And I have just a lover in general, our special guest, Mr. Kai Bradbury. Thank you so much for being Woo-hoo. here, Kai. My absolute pleasure. I'm so happy to be here. Uh, we are happy to have you. Uh, this was a, a really exciting episode, and I, I'm definitely going to be valuing your insight on this because I have uh, a lot of questions about the the role you play and the role that you you play plays in the whole thing. It'll make more sense later. Uh, we've got so much to talk about, and I'm sort of dive right in. We are going to go over uh, the welcoming of the male witches. Let's hear it for the boys. Whoop. We've got Adler meeting up with the World Council. We are further expanding this alternate universe, and I think it's great. And uh, to bring it back into our main trio, uh, they spend some time in the museum, and we get to know their families and those ties that bind them. We're also, if we've got time, we're going to go over some news and updates with Ben. We're going to do our special segment with Women in Power Using Their Voice with Tori, and we are going to have a little Q&A with Kai. So... Stick around, fans, and don't uh, be afraid to get involved in the chats. We're always keeping our eye out for you guys. Um, while you're doing that, let's throw it around the room. <laughs> what did you guys think of this episode? Because I loved it. It was world-building like I've been hoping for, but in a way that's still related to the characters, and it's, it's perfect in that regard. Tori, what would you think? Yeah, no, I loved this episode down to the men, the history, the all of it. Like I just, like you said, we got so much insight to what's going on in the rest of the world, which is something that I know we talked about earlier that we wanted to see more of. We got to see the lineage of the three girls that we love. We got to see men for the like the first time. So it was <laughs> it was super exciting to just kind of see this dynamic shake just a little bit. And the ending, the ending had me shook. So I'm excited to hear you guys' thoughts about that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bryant, I could tell oh, you. Uh, well, <laughs> I was watching this episode at two in the morning and I had to just like ban myself because when they were just getting into it, Abigail, I have to shout out to her because Tori, you were right, girl. When she was getting her two men, I was like, yes, girl, 
this is the kind of energy we need because (laughs) (laughs) she was literally like, okay, you go get me that guy. And then she just grabbed the other guy, took him back in, I think it was even in the museum restroom. I don't even know it where she did it, but it was amazing. (laughs) And I was here for it. So I love this episode. (laughs) All right. Gunner, what are your thoughts, man? Um, I loved seeing the boys in town. I liked seeing this, like, the duality of it again to see both um, of the two different genders and how they relate to their magic and like the witches and all. Um, I love Kai's character. I love seeing a love interest for Tally. She's my absolute favorite, but I give it to you, Tori. Abigail really impressed me this week. She sets it up. I loved watching her with Swy or whatever the girl's name is and kind of putting her in her place. Um, I'm just really excited to break this whole episode down. I'm glad <laughs> you guys have seen the light. <laughs> all right sort of and kai uh i don't know if you get a chance to watch your own stuff uh if that weirds you out or not but have, have you seen the episode as a whole i have i've seen uh yeah the mo- most of the cast has seen kind of we haven't seen the whole season i think taylor mentioned we've seen up to six i think so okay yeah. what would you think of uh three then a wow. biddy's life i forgot to give the title of biddy's <laughs> life <laughs> a biddy's life well that's i mean it's a perfect title because for two episodes, I think the audience has really been wondering who are these women uh, to General Alder. And it's so great that you get a little snippet. Um, and I find it fantastic that the writing doesn't hold your hand through the show. I think you just, you get these little pieces as you go and you just got to accept it as, as it is. Uh, as for the episode, I had a blast um, shooting it. And I'm so glad that you guys enjoyed watching it. <laughs> Yeah, I I definitely did. And you're right. This show does not hold your hand. It drops you in the middle of this war zone and you got to fend for yourself. Um, I have a hard time believing we're only in the third episode. I feel like this, I'm, we're so in it. It's so very seasoned as a program that it's crazy to me that we're only in three episodes. <laughs> All right. Uh, so yeah, Kai, uh, my, the question I had for you and I was, what was it like coming to this set? Because you were literally in an encampment uh, populated entirely by women. And then when you guys, your characters arrive, there's hooting and hollering and all dynamic. <laughs> Everything is completely different. There's a new- This was real. <laughs> as if they would say. Um, what was that like for you? And, uh, and to my panel, like, I want to hear your thoughts on that arrival. Um, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, well, first, when they first came out, I said, what do they have on? What, what is this attire? You know, everyone, (laughs) all the women have on these like strict blazers and they come out in these like t-shirts and I'm like, hold on, we could have dressed down today, but it was definitely (laughs) interesting to see see, like the, you know, just some male energy come to the show because we haven't seen that, but we could have done some better attire. (laughs) <laughs> to, to touch on the attire i'd say we get to we don't get to see much of what we do as the male witches but we do a lot of um we build we build things and so one doesn't need a uniform when we're uh you know it'd be restricting i'm ready i had the thought throughout the episode because like the girls all came out in their dress blacks and uh the biddies were like in this kind of formal lilac kind of color and then it completely contrasted by like the white gold and tan motif that um 
the witch father had and all you guys but even like okay so you guys are playing the cross and you're just like in khakis and shirtless and then <laughs> later on everyone's kind of got like a different cardigan on or whatever and i was like they all just like they're in a country club <laughs> and i so this is to everybody because i don't know if i was just lost i didn't understand what the role of the male witches was in regards to the military so who wants to feel that um i will jump in uh gosh i would just say i think kai is alluding to it that the fact that we're gonna see it um mm-hmm. i don't really have a guess of what they do now but i 100 percent agree with you i like that contrast of like what we're usually seeing from shows is that men are portrayed with dark colors men are portrayed with strength but of course we're portrayed in the opposite with this show so men are softer men have the white men have lighter colors which was super interesting to see i don't know what they're exactly doing i mean i'm, I'm hoping they continue doing it shirtless but okay. that's on that um. <laughs> so it's not just me who is like a little lost okay i just wanted to make sure i didn't miss something um gunner yeah i definitely i feel like we this is meant to be i think we're gonna see them again later doing their actual like witch stuff and their powers how kai said yeah this building concept because i think it was meant to be simply that they are kind of like seconding the main branch of the witches is our female witches and they're in the lead part of it and then the guys back them up yeah which is a great dynamic i love seeing that it's it's really a cool alternate universe that we're seeing and i love i think kai you had that line that like everybody knows that the women are stronger Mm -hmm. and that totally supports what you were saying brian's about their wardrobe so this is great um so okay then we'll just i'll relax and just tell me what you guys were thinking when everyone was screaming like One Direction just got off the bus. <laughs> that was crazy. That was a crazy day. You wouldn't believe how many background we had that day. Um, yeah, I can't imagine. But it was also one of the last things we shot of the episode was the first scene. Oh. Uh, we went straight to read table, uh, the table read for episode four after that. But uh, we were on those gray buses driving up. And Nick Tarabay, who plays Witch Father, or as Ashley started, um, Witch Daddy. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Nick was like hyping us on the bus. We were like doing military chants. Um, Thomas Elms, who plays uh, Clive, knew some oh. mil- military chants. So we were like screaming on the bus as uh, as we pulled up to Fort Salem. So that was, it was a blast. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely a blast. Like it, it resonated through the television. I can guarantee that. <laughs> you guys had a really, you guys had a really cool energy, just all in your own, coming off the bus. Like there was definitely that swagger, and you guys felt like you were there to do something important. Well, belting. That's why we're there. You didn't miss mm-hmm. anything. You just okay. haven't seen uh, part of it yet. Which is <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I loved um, Clive. I actually know the actor. I saw him from The Order. When I saw him, I was like, oh my God, there he is. And when Abigail just got her, got herself going, I was like, okay, girl. <laughs> so uh, the ladies are kind of getting like, not necessarily new instructions. They're still doing their normal thing. Um, uh, Quartermain is still running them through boot camp and training them on drills and such. But then when they get pulled aside to just kind of have that like day in the park, uh, that drill sergeant, if you can even call it that, had a completely different vibe going on. And they're kind of just like exploring a new energy, I guess, that they can use in battle as it was demonstrated by Tally. 
the boys come running on shirtless playing cross and then and this is the moment i was like is this even the military anymore where <laughs> all the girls are like yeah sure whatever i'll do it and they take off their uniforms and they just go like jump in and then kudos to the ladies making it rain uh that it was such an informal thing to see in what is a structured military organization. And I don't know if that's just part of this universe or if it's because this is a very a free form show, but. Well, uh, Beltane is um, a Wiccan holiday as it is a pagan holiday. Um, people call it May Day as well. Um, you know, with the Maypole dance yeah. and all that stuff. Traditionally, that's not what we have. But yeah. um, that's, let's call it like a, a break for them, a little festival time where uh, it's a very important tradition that the men come to Fort Salem for this. And so that's why I think you're seeing some of that leniency and that that time to step back from all the intense training. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Jill Morrison, who plays um, Berryessa Tansy, I believe you're, you're talking about. Thank uh, you. Yeah, so... She she has a bunch of odd jobs. I love her character. Uh, and you might recognize her from Mean Girls. Um, ah. If you're a fan of that movie, she was, yeah. she was one who cries and someone <gasps> says, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't She's even amazing. catch that at first. Neither did I. <laughs> I knew she looked familiar. There was something familiar, but I couldn't place it. So thank you. So it's changed She's forever so now. She's like, yeah. Well, I'm totally cool with this festival being incorporated into this universe. I guess it just threw me off that we're like, again, we're only in episode three and they're already shaking up the structure of everything. Um, It was nice to like see the characters relax so we get to see a little bit more of who they really are. And like you guys all said, Abigail, a whole new side of her personality comes out. Um, And then uh, with Tally as well, if we want to put it that way. So um, give me your thoughts, Tori. Yeah, I, are we just talking about the episode overall, or just well, like yeah, just the whole dynamic energy? with this uh, during this festival and seeing our trio kind of blossom in a different way? Yeah, it was definitely a good contrast. I mean, I love seeing this with these sort of like alternate universe type of things. It's like Harry Potter when they had the winter formal, where you just get to see the characters mm. just kind of like relax and take off their robes or costumes or uniforms or whatever, and just kind of be kids teenagers individuals you know so it's always good to see that dynamic and I think it shows a little bit more of their positive qualities they're like positive characteristics and I think in this episode we were able to see positive characteristics out of our three main characters which was great because sometimes in these previous episodes we're just kind of seeing things that we don't like or that we don't agree with and stuff like that but I think they were all really able to like you said blossom in this episode and just kind of like become even more lovable to us and we kind of got to understand why they operate the way that they do yeah, and now everyone's on Team Bellwether, so kudos <laughs> to you, Tori, for calling it from the beginning. Y'all uh, against my girl a week ago. Gunnar, you changed sides. Me. You're with Bellwether now. What? Give me your thoughts. I will not say I changed sides quite yet. She's growing more. Um, I like <laughs> seeing more of Abigail. Like, we always know Abigail is very confident in herself and proud of her lineage and heritage. And I like seeing that, that she just fully embraces the holiday and like the festivities and so does Tally and like I loved like you said they've all blossomed and we saw more and more of their characters I feel like I just grew in more appreciativeness of every character and Abigail really got me you know I feel like 
Kai's character, uh, Kai's character kind of like shows how it's not the, always the best way, but I liked her dedication to her family's heritage and how her family has done so much for the military and everything. I like seeing that side of um, Abigail. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I mean, we knew she was dedicated to her family and we're going to get into more of that as it goes on, but it it didn't seem like it was coming from a place of like, like she wasn't on a high horse as much. It was, it was felt more earnest. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Bryant, I know you've got thoughts on me. Let me hear them. Um, definitely. And maybe it's because we had Tiara on last week and I'm just, I love her now. Um, but I've actually grown, uh, Rael's actually grown on me too. Um, what I did like about her in this episode was, I think um, Taylor alluded to it, was basically how they tell the story of this LGBT love story that we have going on. Because while there's all these girls fangirling over all these men, Rael's just there like, okay, thank you, Nat. So I think it's definitely a really interesting concept that it's just so normalized. And it's, it's, it's really great to see the relationship that they have. Of course, we're not all standing um, Rael and Scylla because, of course, she's toxic. Um, but we'll see what happens there. I did love Tally kind of exploring that and her line when she was sitting down at the, the um, with the three, the two other girls. And she was like, I'm just a virgin and I want to just take you now. And I was like, okay, girl. I mean, I guess we're going there, but okay. So I, I just love seeing all of them grow. Like you said. Yeah, it was great. Um, we got, we really got to see new facets of every character. And I feel like it, it may have answered questions we had or even didn't have but they they really feel fully fleshed out now. And again, we're only on episode three. Mm-hmm. Um, and on that note, we got some big answers in regards to Adler and her mm-hmm. harem, so to speak. Um, <laughs> but yeah, by the end of the episode, like whole new perspective on what's been going on. Uh, but it starts with her joining this world council. And again, I love the world building. And it was so cool to see these <laughs> military leaders from every country and how they wear their uniforms and they do their things. And, uh, and what I loved is they came to a table to discuss things first. Love that. Uh, Gunner, what'd you think? Um, I thought it was really a really cool concept. I liked seeing this like kind of like United Nations type idea of like everyone coming together and having like this discussion, conversation. And I loved when doing the research on it, finding out that, even in the world building, you know, you'll appreciate Kevin was that each kind of lands and like countries magic differs. Like India apparently really focuses on gestures and it changes place to place. Um, I do love it. You're right. I, I do love that. <laughs> and I found, it, I found it really interesting too. I was like, so is everyone, is it just like, it's basically like all of our rules of magic we've ever known just erased and it's all sound now. But I liked the conversation and I was not the biggest fan of General or whoever Sharma because I was just kind of like, where are you coming from? Who are you coming out of Alder? Because I found a much more, res- even more respect for Alder. I've really been liking her a lot. I'm like suspicious of her, but I like her character a lot. I think there's a lot to her that not a lot of people, not a lot of us know quite yet. So I'm really excited to see more of it. And we saw a lot of it today even. Last yeah, week. I, I totally concur. It's, there's something about her in that scene where she was acting in a way like she wasn't um Sharma wasn't wrong and that she's kind of got this idea that she's team leader and that American arrogance that we're so known for uh but no that's a thing (laughs) like you see at least in in media that other countries will be like oh you ignorant are you uh arrogant Americans always think you run the place and even in this alternate universe we still have that kind of uh, she's sitting at the head of the table and she's calling on the shots and she's telling every other country to stand down. It's clearly not like a democracy 
with the United States. Um, but at the same time, I respected every decision she made. I think it was the right one. And I didn't think she was doing it for ulterior motives, which is completely against mm-hmm. how I've been feeling about Adler. I can't believe how much I've turned around and for the reasons that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, Bryant. Um, yeah, I 100% agree with that concept. I actually, right when I finished the episode, I, I read like a little article that talked about that whole idea of this American like superiority that we think we have and um, that it's just that we're always the, the leader or the head of the table. Um, I, what I really thought was interesting about that whole thing was why Alder's the only one who has these biddies. Why does she the only one that has to bring these seven women with her? Um, so I think that's something that I want to explore more. I don't know if they will. Um, but besides that, I mean, I, I think Elder's okay. I'm still calling it that I don't trust, don't trust Anacostia for some reason. She's just like getting into me and like making me not trust her. So I don't know what's going to happen there. Yeah. I, I feel like even if we know why she has the biddies around now, it's, it's Mm -hmm. odd that she's the only one who gets to have Mm -hmm. like an entourage. I would say she's the only one who's developed that work, that ability to mm-hmm. sustain her life. Mm-hmm. Um, a little tidbit I have for you is that in the script, originally, the general from Japan was actually supposed to be like a 10-year-old boy. Oh. Wait, what? Yeah. Because he was wow. young to begin with. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, I thought so too. So I, I don't know, that must have just changed in terms of a casting or a writing, but it made me think how interesting it was to have you know, there are male witch generals from other countries and there are different ages. And so I think maybe it's just that Alder has developed her own work and way of living for these hundreds of years and the others have been dying off and replacing their generals. Got it. That's, yeah. that, was, that would be my um, two cents on that. I think that's I a fair that. assumption. I assume yeah. that she was the only one who was like 300 years old. Uh, mm-hmm. Because she's because she's older and she struck that deal way back when, which is probably why she's at the head of the table. Like I get all this, but it's still it's interesting that there's this world council dynamic, and she clearly has more power than everybody. Yeah, and the entourage and all that. Yeah, Tori, please. Yeah, it, like it answered my question, but it still didn't make me trust her at all. Like this episode, I still don't trust her at all but mm. I guess it was nice to see like a softer side of her because like she did actually care when when her biddy I guess uh moved on passed away I'm not really sure the witch term for that but um <laughs> when her flame was no longer lit there you go I like um, that. Mm. you know when that happened it did you know she it did seem like she was appreciative of the sacrifice that she made I guess the sacrifice of transferring over your years um that's what it kind of appeared to be on tv so that was interesting and I will say um, this kind of came up when you guys were talking. I do like how this show doesn't just ignore history. Um, I feel like we are kind of creating our own history within the show, but I do think there are certain dynamics from the world that we live in that still show up in the show that is really drawing me in. So like even back to when Abigail was talking about her lineage, it really resonated with me just because I know oftentimes minorities specifically African Americans are written out of history and so it kind of made me you know understand where she was coming from of course you have this pride when nobody seems to remember your 
your contribution or your family's contribution or your community's contribution and then going back to you know the world leaders and how all of us specialize in different ways so that their magic isn't the same or even like you said with the united states arrogance which we see all the time um was also displayed so it's really nice to see that even though we are creating this different world we're still not just oblivious to the nuances that we have in our current world so i i'm really liking that dynamic in the show yeah that that's i think what makes it uh, like historical fiction rather i don't know if that's the right term but rather than just complete fantasy mm-hmm. and it grounds the show uh, there there's a thing I was going to bring up later, and I'm glad I'm, you're segueing into the next topic, and so thank you. Um, there's, yeah, I'll save it for them. Uh, but there's, an, there's a kernel of truth, like, of realism that grounds this magical realism. Um, but yeah, so when they're all in the museum, this, there's world building, and then there's what you just described, and we got so much of it in that museum, everyone sharing their stories, looking at these artifacts, uh, revisiting the, the group's story of, of the history of witches in the country. Um, there's, there was just, it was so rich. It was so rich and I honestly, I don't know where to begin. Uh, does anybody, <laughs> does anything that like really stood out? At a uh, bit? Yeah. Gunner, please. I think kind of touching on Tori's point of the, even the concept of when Abigail and, is it Swy? I hope I'm saying her name right. Um, how they argued. Huh? Libba. Libba. Uh, like, Swy. yeah. That, like, that was, Swy, Swy, thank you. That was a really good point how Tori made is that like, especially with African-American like heritage, like not letting it get erased and ignored that like really it was Abigail's family that helped with it. And like even Tally made a good point. It's that like, don't we get that both of these things had to happen for it to be successful and it shows that good that like dual like the duality of it that like all these parts work into it but you also have to represent and showcase all parts of it as well and of course you're going to be more prideful of your contribution than of anyone else's but when there's a challenge of like oh my way was the only way that um made it this battle win and really it was this person that you're going to bicker more into that like um conflict amongst each other yeah that scene really painted the picture that what gets people into the military what makes them really want to serve their country is really just honoring their lineage uh Mm -hmm. that there's this dynasty that is created throughout the generations Mm -hmm. and they want to further it they want to hold it up and they want to further it and one one thing i guess i was just surprised by in this whole dynamic is how it's not like one team, one dream. I feel like Tally is the smartest person in the room because she's the only one who sees that they are a unit who the whole thing about the military is everyone comes together and does this one task. But everyone's still bickering. The reasons they're bickering are bigger than themselves, but they're really just bickering for their selves. I don't know. Just rubs me the wrong way. Brian, <laughs> I see you nodding um... a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't really have much to say about that scene because I think I was still recovering mentally, physically, and emotionally from when Abigail just, you know, pulled Fifty Shades of Grey and was just pinning Clive up against the wall and just having her way. So I think I was still recovering in that moment. And I literally love how she rolled out and she was like buckling her pants. And it was such like a nod to like that whole like male dynamic, which is so interesting. Like, you know, we're used to seeing that in movies where a guy walks out, he's like, oh yeah, I'm done with her. And that was Abigail. She's like, oh, I'm done with these two guys. Like I can move on now. So I just love that. And then it was really cool to see how she transitioned from that straight into the whole, like, going off on, on Libba, you know? So I, I love the whole scene. And like I said, I'm kind of on Team Amigo now, but still, like, 
trying to watch her. <laughs> I, I hardly call it a transition. I mean, she said earlier that shame is for civilians. Like she had no shame yeah. in that room. She was like, yeah, you can watch whatever. And then moved to the next room. And she's like, I don't care if this girl has the floor. <laughs> like, I'm, And is feeling really uh, proud of where she comes from. I'm going to tear that shit down. Like she has no uh-huh. shame. And not to say she's in the wrong about any of this, but to me, it was, it was very much in the same breadth. Uh, Tori, you've been Team Abigail this whole time. Yes, and I will continue <laughs> to be until she tells, shows me that, you know, she does something wrong me the wrong way. But so far, I don't know. She's just really, she's doing it for me. Like, I, I'm i really supporting. Like, I understand her wanting every everything to be right and timely, maybe because I had those traits as well. Like, girl, get information. Hello. Um, but I'm just, even her transition to acknowledging the fact that she had a flaw when when she wanted to go and transfer to another unit I think just like seeing her kind of being like you know what that was not the best move of me and and like adapting and actually trying to work with her unit I'm I'm here for the growth I'm here for it (laughs) well so the rest of us were kind of uh in Tally's camp so we got to see a lot of growth with Tally so I want to hear your thoughts Tori on Tally's character coming out of her shell um, no I really liked I I love just seeing her just kind of like I guess being green in a sense and just kind of like going with the flow but like you said also keeping that angle in mind that we're all here for a greater purpose I think every episode we just see why she made the decision that she made and I think in the first episode everyone was kind of like girl what are you why are you here why did you do that you know your mom fought to get you out of the situation you put yourself right back in it but I think every episode she just proves more and more how she's strong enough to make her own decisions. And like, even regardless of what happened in history, regardless of how people feel, like she just has this strong sense of self that I think has been doubted in other episodes. I feel like people look at her and think that she has like the least sense of self. But I think I would argue that she might have the most sense of self that's not tied to everyone else's decision-making. I think she's really made a lane for who Tally is and not necessarily who Tally is connected to her mom, her lineage, the history. You know, I think... I love that about her. She might not be my favorite, but I I respect that. And I really, I love seeing her grow every episode. Like I love seeing her story strength. I mean, strengthen with each episode. Like I, I'm really a fan. <laughs> yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, Gunnar, I saw you throwing your hands up in agreeance there. <laughs> um, I, Tally really represents to me the like, the, how much we were talking about like, different aspects of America, but even the American pride, the American dream. She is the definition of even when parts of my family have gone as like failed them or it's gone wrong and they've she's lost family. She loves the concept of Fort Salem, what it represents, this lineage and heritage of doing the great things. Even the biddies, she's like it's such an honor to be this person, and I don't want to get into too much to that quite yet because I have it's for the news and gossip we get into it, but she just loves how much of a passion and what it means to serve and do this work. This is a great calling and a higher purpose. And I just, that's what I love so much in that representation of her. And that's what she's the embodiment of. It's how it makes me my, her favorite and that she just like is hopeful. She's a definition of hope. And she's the one that like, Abigail is like the courage. Rael is, I think the like heart and like Tally is like that hope and that like perseverance of the group. Okay. Like the spirit, so to speak. Yes, exactly. Okay. Uh, Kai, I can only imagine having worked so close with um, the actress, and I, I'm the worst person with names, and I'm so sorry. Laura? 
Thank you. Jessica Sutton. Jessica. Oh, okay. Um, do you have any, like, working with her, because you really got to spend a lot of one-on-one time with her in these uh, pivotal scenes for her character. Did she, like, work with you on anything with in regards to, like, her finding herself? Yeah, well, Jess is just an incredibly giving scene partner. Like, she's just so fantastic to work with. And um, excuse me if my sink is going crazy behind me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, But uh, it was so great to meet the whole cast. And um, I knew right from our chemistry read together that we were going to be great friends. Um, She came in full wardrobe uh, into the studio where I was having my chemistry read with her, having just shot the drunk scene from episode two. Oh, wow. And she was like, I don't know the lines. I'm sorry. I'm in costume. We're on lunch break. And she was a boss. And she's like, we're just going to do this. Let's do this. <laughs> and I was just like floored. I was like, okay, let's go. And um, so, so getting to be a part of her arc is just so fantastic. And um, uh, a lot of the time we're seeing shows where it's the guy and it's like, You've got the girlfriend, you know, carrying them through their arc, but I just get to be, you know, the supportive <laughs> boyfriend, you know? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, the the thing I really got from Garrett, at least uh, especially out of all the other guys, is he's really, like, he's very supportive. Supportive is the key word. A uh, little, mm-hmm. like, nurturing and wholesome in a way, like, you know, he's, he's almost too good to be true. <laughs> <laughs> But so I mean, yeah. Tell us uh, your perspective of Garrett, because obviously you're gonna have a different one than we have as the viewer, right? Um, Garrett, well, he's a High Atlantic witch. Um, he grew up alongside Abigail. They were really good friends, and of course, in turn, knows Libba's wife as well. So the three of us are High Atlantic witches. Um, and what would I, what would I say, Garrett? He's got um, he's got a big heart, and uh, he's 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 seen a lot more than Tally. Let's say that, and in that he has more life experience, and he's definitely been with other witches before. And when he's floored when he sees Tally, because he just sees. Um, Oh, someone who's just beginning a huge journey. That that line where he where we're in the quilt room where we see the family trees, he talks about his cousin, uh, who also had a dispensation like she was supposed to have. And his cousin, despite that, decided to go fight um, and join the military. And so I think he see he relates to that immediately. And it's like, I know this girl, this is a strong girl. And um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> that's a bit about Garrett. Great. Thank you. No, that's great. Because um, we got to meet a couple of the guys, but it, I feel like this was definitely Garrett's episode. Sorry, Porter. I really wish it was your episode, Porter. I feel bad. Um, I don't know, you guys want to talk about that revelation for a moment? Uh, um... That Scylla... <laughs> made someone commit suicide you know what we don't have to we really don't i'll pass 
Okay. Yeah. Just, just uh, I thought then, we knew it was coming. They're, they're from the beginning yeah. with the spree in the swimming pool going after just like old people and kids having fun. And then still at the end, I was like, man, the spree is just awful. I, I don't feel mm-hmm. like there's a, who, who's really in the right here, the military or this, you know, it's, it's the military. The spree yes. are awful. They're monsters. Um, okay. So Gunnar, you said you had something to share with the news and updates. Uh, I would love to hear it. Um, <laughs> so for our news and gossip, um, we, uh, Fort Salem is going up on IMDb. I believe now they're at a 5.6 on there first off. So that's good. We're going up and it's only two episodes in, three episodes in. But what was really interesting, um, the creator, Elliot, he was explaining what the biddies are and how they work. And it's a really cool concept is that apparently they, their lifespan is only five years, first off. And the way they work is, is we saw how the new girl who came into the biddies immediately aged super quickly is that Alder unlocked this new magic of kind of, I guess the only analogy that's coming to my mind right now is Horcruxes from Harry Potter in the sense of it's not splitting her own soul, but it's almost like collect- connecting other lifelines to her and she uses their youth. That's kind of why I think they age so quickly. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a conduit of their youth to bring her back younger because we saw her when the biddy passed, she immediately aged. And so that connected there. And it's a very mysterious kind of magic that not a lot of people know about. That's what people question about. That's what I was saying. why people don't trust Alder because she's been there for so long and she is so old. It's almost like, why do you get to kind of cheat a core concept of life itself when we don't, or how does it work? What scares me about her ability is how woven it is with Fort Salem itself. The fact that when she started to age, like all this fruit started to rot and die. That's, that's scary. Like how ingrained is she into Fort Salem? that's what i also found out was that like how learning she kind of here you know, like opened this storm and kind of really started magic in america with the deal of the salem accords my kind of theories are i think she's a big conduit itself to magic in america i think she's a big gate to Ooh. it i think she's much more connected than any of us realize or even saying some people don't want to admit to and that she could change things permanently so i'm really that's why i really like alder i have a lot of more thoughts on her than i but on okay okay it's still like i don't know it's still weird i feel like just looking at like a leadership point of it mm-hmm. it because you know some leaders like they can be amazing leaders but every leader has their time when they're meant to you know retire or step down or leave their position and that's for the best that's so that you know, the ideas and leadership can continue to change with the state of whatever universe they exist in. (laughs) And so, you know, it concerns me when somebody's just kind of like in this permanent position of power. And that's not to say, I mean, of course, I don't trust her yet, but that's not to say that, you know, it's for the worst, but it just kind of concerns me. I just kind of like from a leadership standpoint, because I don't know if someone staying in the same position all the time is necessarily what's best. Because I, because I mm-hmm. mean, in the series, we kind of see the other generals kind of question, like, are we using the best practices? And they might just be the practices that have worked in the past. And that kind of like, you know, jumps to the idea, well, maybe she she might be stuck in her ways because she has been in this position the entire time that it, that it existed. And maybe she's not as open to other ideas. And like you said, I mean, it's so engraved in Fort Salem that it's kind of like, it, it doesn't seem like it's going to change. And I'm wondering if that has anything to do with the... Yeah, I don't know, like the 
unsuccessful runs they've had with trying to combat mm. the spree. And I mean, it could go either way. It just kind of concerns me on top of it being a little creepy that she's <laughs> sucking the youth out of people and they're willingly doing it. I mean, it would, yeah. I wouldn't mm-hmm. volunteer, but I understand. Uh-uh. I guess it's why a little culty. Yeah, 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 that's a very, that's yeah, a very the chat actually point. mentioned culty. Oh. Um, can I jump into the chat real quick? Yeah. Yes, please. Yes. Um, yeah, so Ivan in the chat's mentioning it's very culty. Um, I 100% agree with you guys on that. Um, and I want to get Kai's per- perspective too, because we have some questions for him from the chat. Um, so Kai, Ivan wants to know uh, if you miss calling magic like magic, or if you like, what are your, what is your thoughts about having to call it like work? Oh, I, I don't miss it, um, <laughs> especially because we're really seeing the work from the female witches primarily. So uh, I don't even know what the men can really do a whole lot. Uh, <laughs> that's super amazing. Uh, but I really appreciate the owl. other than owl calls. Um, <laughs> but I, I do appreciate the word change. This is a brand new universe. Um, so let's let go of, you know, preconceived words and, and notions. Yeah, we love that. I really dig the lexicon and how it keeps changing. And I, oh, it's something else I thought was really cool. I didn't realize like the foot stomping thing. I think it might be called thundering or something. And I'm like, oh yeah, because thunder and creating storms. <laughs> that's that's very much the show. Um, so uh, real quick, guys, we're gonna start winding down. Uh, did you all have any questions for Kai while we still have his presence with us? Oh, none of you. You can just <laughs> Sorry, I can I can call on names if you guys want. But uh, well, um, I I'll let you guys go because I actually um I interviewed Kai for a fun interview last week with Quarantine with the Stars. So yeah. if you guys want to ask him any questions, I actually had my time with him already. So <laughs> Okay, great. Well then all the fans should definitely check that out when they get the chance. Yeah. Um Gunner, did you yes. have something for Kai? Um I guess it'd be a kind of question actually from the uh chat, and I guess it's a very interesting question. Um, how does it feel to kind of be the secondary character uh, between now instead of kind of like the love, how you were kind of talking about the love interest would take the side role and kind of just like, oh, there's love interest. But since to our knowledge, Garrett seems very just like perfect and good, which I hope stays. I really liked his character and kind of just being the supportive like partner to Tally and just being in that in the sense of between like the male and female witches. Yeah. I mean, I, I love their dynamic. I think it's a great thing that we get to see. Uh, we, we always love young love. Uh, mm-hmm. And what I'd say about our relationship is I've kind of compared it a little bit to Romeo and Juliet in that oh. there's a little bit of a forbidden star-crossed lovers kind of thing going on. Uh, one that we're from different social classes. So you've got mm-hmm. high Atlantic military family, military mm-hmm. upper echelon. Um, and then I think Jess called Tally a country bumpkin once um, <laughs> but uh you know she she's from you know a farmy you know maybe <laughs> lower class community so there's that and then there's also that uh like I like Garrett mentions in the show we're not supposed to be spending all our time with one person we're not supposed to catch feels as it were uh we're there to um further the matriline um and to um yeah to we're, yes we're, <laughs> we're there to uh be with the women and support them and um we need to be flirting with as many as we can so i guess <laughs> it's not the best that the two decide to hang out the whole time together 
fighting the man. Well, well, we like it. At least I do. So. Uh, plant those seeds. <laughs> All right. Um, Kyle, you might have to sit this part out just a bit, like, or feel free to make faces if you want. Uh, we're going to get into our, our predictions for where this show is going. So we're only three episodes in, and we still have a lot yeah. more to see. Uh, I feel like the whole dynamic has changed oh, again. Um, mm-hmm. Who has any clue as to what we may expect next? I think this next episode is actually going to be really good because um, in the preview, they were kind of hinting at the guy surviving the the, the forced suicide. Um, and so, and kind of being able to get into his brain and seeing his last memories. So I feel like we're kind of, I feel like we're about to really start moving with, you know, with this action, because if we're able to see his last memories, then we'll automatically know that Sila is the one that made him do it. And I think that's really going to start shifting things. And I think Raelle already kind of has this like hesitation towards her. I mean, they had a conversation, but I think, you know, when her ex-boyfriend came around, she was kind of like, there's something more to this story. And I think just like her going in to save him and then them possibly finding out what happened is really going to change this dynamic and just flip it on top of each other. So that was the thing I wanted to touch on earlier was uh, when Rail finally got Sai to like open up and kind of admit some truth about her past or where she's come from and why she's there. Just any, any nugget of truth. I felt like the story she told was real, uh, that it was an accurate story that she really did feel. And it was the truth mm. that sold the lie. I feel like everything else uh, okay. is a sham. And it's yeah. part of this double okay. agent thing. But I felt like that kernel was real and Rail felt it and thus bought it. And I, I feel like she's, like any hesitation she had throughout the episode w- w- washed away in that moment. And I'm like concerned okay. for her now. <laughs> That's my thoughts. Yeah, Brian? Um, gosh, I definitely just think that we're going to see I want to see more of Anacostia because like I said, I'm, something is like not making me want to trust her. So I definitely we're gonna think we're going to see more of her storyline, which I hope we do. I want to see like where she comes from, what her relationship with Alder is um, and that kind of thing. Uh, I remember her little fun little moment when she was talking about like, oh yeah, my first Beltane. And I was like, I'm right there with you, girl. Um, but <laughs> it was just interesting to see her um, in this episode and I want to see more of her. So not really a prediction, but kind of just what I'm hoping is going to happen. Okay, that's fine with me. Gunner? Anything? Same there. I just want to see more Anacostia because I really do love her. So, I thought that was an interesting dynamic with the fact that she wasn't chosen to be one of the biddies, but uh, like I don't know if she I'm got passed she over. Or, I am too because I just want to see more of this actress's performance mm-hmm. and more of this character. Uh, but I wondered if the character felt slighted at all. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, I that wraps that up episode three. Um, Kai, thank you so much for being here. Um, let the good people out there know where they can find you to follow you online. Yeah, I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Kaibury, K-A-I-B-U-R-Y. Awesome. Gunnar, where can everyone find you? You can find me on Instagram at Gunnar underscore Thomas 88 or Twitter, Gunnar Thomas 888. Tori. You can find me on Instagram at Toxic Model, but I'm going to change that later. And then you can find me on Twitter at Tori with two E's, but if you just type in Tori, you'll find me. Awesome. Bryant. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at the Brian Santos. And I also mentioned I'm on the Quarantine with the Stars series here on After Buzz TV. 
you should definitely check out my interview with Kai. It was so fun. We talked about so much exciting things he has going on and just check out the entire series. So yeah. Yeah, it's a great way to kind of keep, I wish we did have to cut this interview short. Um, so you have to check that out if you want to know a little bit more about Kai Bradbury and Motherland Fort Salem and everything. Uh, my name is Kevin Allen. You can find me at Kevin Allen Says on Twitter, Kevin Allen Graham on the Instagram. Thank you guys so much for being here, for making After Buzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. We really appreciate your involvement in our show. Have a great night, y'all. Bye, everyone. Later. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.